Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. This is Bill T. We're episode 28, and today in the studio I got George T. with me. We're going to talk about a couple different things, talk about the new, uh, the last Beetle, the new bus, uh, the new Hawaiian look, and plenty of other things on today's podcast update, so stand by. everybody, this is Bill. We're back, and I'm here joining the studio today with George T. George T., what's up? How you doing, everybody? So, on today's podcast, we've got a couple different things we're going to talk about. A lot of things happening in VW history right now. Um, one of the things that's taken place is the last Beetle just rolled off the assembly line. Now, the last Beetle actually rolled off the assembly line back in November of 2003, which was the 04 Ultima Edition Beetles. They built 3,000 Ultima Editions of the air-cooled Beetles. As of yesterday, the last water-cooled beetle rolled off the assembly line in Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. So, any, any thoughts on that, George, about that water-cooled beetle? It wasn't very popular. Compared to when the first beetle came out, you saw them everywhere when it was the new beetle, the one that uh, the predecessor for this one here. But this, this last version, in my opinion, looked a lot better. It looked a little Porsche-esque. The shape of You're it. You're talking about the second generation of the, the water cool. The second I agree. generation. I agree. I liked it. The first. I one. really like what they changed on it. It looks more like a beetle than the new beetle looked, but it just never caught on. the The, the first beetle was a little too uh, a little too feminine. The lines on it. it was a little too cartoony. You know what I mean? Like they had the uh, the uh, the body lines on it were it was too drawn. You know, sometimes it goes from concept really brick yeah. and concept drawn to like production and it really looked a lot like the concept drawing, which was concept one, which remind me I'm going to talk to you about concept one. Um, the artist that drew that Steve Anderson, but um, that second gen model they came out with really had a, a lot more aerodynamic flow to it. Windshield curve was better. I mean, it just it had, actually looked more of the shape of the original beetle. Yeah, like actually, an original beetle has that sloping hood, and then yeah. the windshield, and then a, the the whole back is one long crest. And what they did with the new beetle was three arches, front, rear, and then kind of joined the middle. Yeah. It didn't actually have the original profile like the newest one did, but they also didn't carry the same nostalgia with it either. It's not a very practical car with the way that they design cars nowadays, and they move everything to the outer edges to occupy more internal uh, space, internal space, interior space. Um, it just didn't fit the platform very well. No, I agree. And uh, also, one of the things that I think I think one of the things that maybe would have killed sales on. I mean, if we're just talking being VW guys, right? Like, dream come true for us. Like, think of all the Mopar guys that are so stoked that the new uh, Challenger is out and yeah. it looks just like the old one, and they hit all the cues right. And like all the guys that run to keep in the old ones are even more stoked at the new ones because they're better performance, more air conditioning, more more creature comforts, but real, real nostalgic looking and still even more masculine than the original ones yeah. because really back in the back in the eighties, like nobody you couldn't give those cars away. You know what I mean? You couldn't reproduce the Beetle and gain and, and get the same essence from it in, in, with the way they do cars today. So but you're not gonna get like when you look at that uh when you look at that challenger, it looks like the bandit challenger it's supposed to Replic replicate the bug did it look like a bug 
It didn't really look no, like a bug. It, like it, if you put a if well, you if you put an oval window next to it, you'd be like, it, they're the same thing. It looked more. You know? I agree. It looked more like a modern day version of a modern day version of what everybody's idea of kind of how cute it was. And then yeah. they started with that. We'll go a three arch concept, and then we'll then we'll actually build it. And I think that may be one of the reasons that they did. Uh, they kind of came to fruition with that, which from concept to completion. It looked like like the concept car, but the reality is, um, I think the 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 main issue is it, it was a little too um, just looked a little too, but it would look a little too feminine. And my so my concern, my thought process is that it it would it was too feminine from the beginning, because, and, and not that it just didn't have the classic look. Like it looked too it looked too much like a girl's car. And I don't mean to say that to upset people, but bottom line is it looked like a, it looked more that it was appealing it to. It was a feminine looking vehicle, not a masculine looking correct. vehicle. And, and it may- doesn't appeal to that side of you. Like when you're in, obviously what we do to our Volkswagens, we make them very masculine compared to where they came from the factory. Big wheels, big right. motors, aggressive stance, all the stuff. When, if you look at even a factory uh, bug, early bug, uh-huh. it's it, it would lean more towards the feminine side. Yeah. You know? No, and and uh, I think what well, the reason probably why it didn't last very long because if you look at like the those those racing R type Beetles and all that kind of stuff like those all wheel drive four hundred horsepower ones that they were rallying those cars look unbelievably aggressive yeah but you know if they and if they came out with models that looked similar to that I think their sales would have improved because maybe guys would have got them yeah. but the and not saying that guys forced the market because probably the demo in that in that particular market was females but I think the car would have lasted longer if they would have maybe stuck to more paying homage to the original essence of what made those cars great and keep going. But either way, I mean, the last one, I, I remember when the concept one came out in hot BWs yeah. and I thought like, if they ever really built that, I would buy one right. and when they really built it. I wasn't like, I got to get one of those. Well, your you wife know? had one. Your, yeah. wa- your wife had well, one. And- true. My wife had one from 2003 all the way until 2018. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the reality is it's just a different body shape on the chassis of the TT yeah. and it's a cross platform that they use for multiple other things and they just figured out and maybe that was, and, and the reality is that could have been the reason for that design that they wanted to use an existing chassis and build Absolutely. however they could off of that. I get that. But I think maybe the reason why it's gone by the way, the way, the, the only reason why it's no longer being produced is because I'm certain that sales were slumping. Yeah. So with sales slumping. Sales dictate the market. Sales dictate what they're going to sell you. No, without and question. If they're, and if they're not pushing product, they're not going to, it's not It's not a line they're going to continue. Yeah, yeah, without a, without a doubt. So it's the end of that line and no more of that beetle. So I'm confused on the new bus thing though, because I see two <laughs> things coming yeah, up. I, talk I, about I see the Facebook electric one coming up that, I yep. mean, it, it has nods to the original bus kind of yes. like, and here's funny. It's kind of like the concept one of a beetle. Yep. But in bus form, and I'm not talking about that one. I'm no, no, talking no. about the the, and, the the electric one that they're showing all over Facebook. The one that yeah. everybody keeps tagging yeah, me in. Correct the the, <laughs> le- that's the refrigerator too. Everybody, yeah. all our VW friends out yeah. there, everybody, every one of your friends is now tagging you with the Volkswagen refrigerator, <laughs> the uh, Volkswagen barbecue. You've been tagged with that. The fridge, the barbecue, and mm-hmm. whatever other things have yeah. been. But I guess Anything it's kind of VW related. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, you hey. know, people know that you're into it, so they just yeah they, they tag you in it. So. Um, but yeah, so on VW's web on VW's webpage, they have today the new era for Volkswagen innovation in America begins with the Type 20 concept. Now, the Type 20 concept, if you're on their website here, and if you go to VW.com and then go to their media link, 
their newsroom link, you'll be able to see this bus. And I'm sure this has been shared on Facebook. And matter of fact, we'll share it on our Instagram or on Facebook and on and our Instagram right now. And uh, this particular bus, it looks like an, it looks like an old combi with an EV swap in it. Is what yeah. it looks like. And then someone did some totally radical, um, horrible. White mirrors, mirror arms, like, horrible. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they, look like an, they look like an alien life form holding the mirror yeah, in place. I don't know. Really I, does not look futuristic, guys. Yeah, I don't know who did that, who did those mirrors on there, but... Sorry, guys. It's, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to, no disrespect it, just, um, I don't know. I think I think you can take a good, uh, you know what I think? I think they watch Stranger Things. I think that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. I think the guy's like, oh, I'm going to make it the... This 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 greasy stuff from Stranger Things and put it on there. So if you guys go to letstalkdubs.com or go to our Facebook page, I'll have a link to this to this thing that's on there. And so it's got this electric uh, GT motor, and uh, you know a, a lot of the stuff that's going EV now. A lot of the air cooled stuff goes EV because the cars the cars can be a completely functioning car without any drive without any motor in it. And the EV conversions are pretty easy. I've uh, reached out to the guys from EV West about getting them on the podcast. We're working that out right now. So I know I've got a lot of questions about the the EV conversions for the Volkswagens, Porsches, and all that stuff. And if you listeners out there have any questions, do me a favor and email us or post up on our Facebook page and let us know what questions you want us to ask when we get EV West on the phone. Um, I know I've got a bunch of questions for them, but some of you guys out there that may be thinking of this EV conversion, hit us up on letstalkdubs.com and I'll ask the guys while we're on there. So um, let's see. The other thing that I, that we want to talk about. So the other big news is the new, there's the new bus that's out right now. And when I say, what I mean by new bus, George, tell me what I mean by new bus. Uh, the body that, um, first I saw it was on Skinner on Instagram. He right. posted $17,999 and you get a bus basically a, a a frame yeah the the floors wheel wells frames and the capability to mount the outer shelves right so the core chassis shells not shelves shell yeah so the, you get the you get the core chassis on there and for the core chassis for 17 grand i think you're a few miles ahead in respect to that and it's and that's built by a company called classic steel body i reached out to the guys from classic steel body about getting them on the podcast so we'll have them on the podcast possibly next week or the next few weeks we'll have them on there and we're going to ask a bunch of questions about that because i've got a thousand questions going through my head in respect to as do i yeah so so some of your questions you might have so, right off right off to get on on this thing here is what we'll go into this um an, an issue actually dealing with this week on a 66 21 window that we're doing right now yeah the passenger door was completely roached just rotted out both outer and inner um more than halfway up the door so we opted for going with uh, um, a very well-known metal fabricator's inner and outer skin. I'm pretty sure they're the only ones making them right now. Right. And we know it wasn't for a 66. We, we went into that well knowing it wasn't. Um, but I can take my windows out of my bus and put them into a 66 and they drop right in. The main issue we had running it was uh, we couldn't drop the actual window in from the top, the window frame into the door. And I'd do a big mod on that. When you're dealing with something that minor on the car, well, not minor, it's a pretty major piece, but the inner door skin, and it doesn't it doesn't accept the factory window, yeah. that's a little bit of a big deal. So we had to actually cut and splice and move and, and all this to and still maintaining a, a, a good door gap. Um, so it's, it's quite the undertaking when you're dealing with aftermarket metal. I can only imagine when the entire body 
is aftermarket metal. So that's what. So that's how many I, variances are going to be? Will, can I buy a a, a door, a, a, an original door, and is it going to bolt up there and have good gaps all the way around? Right. Am I going to be able to find cargo doors? Um, we got Grumpy's making cargo doors now. So are we going to be able to take cargo doors from Grumpy and put them directly onto there? Right. I'm I'm super curious because the main battle people fight right now when they're when they get a bus. The majority of the buses out there now that are available are right. rotted from the bottom 12 inches. So you're 30,000 minimum into metalwork and product yeah. to get to that point mm-hmm. to where now you still got to bodywork the entire exterior. I mean, it, you're, you still got another ten fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 to go from that point there to get it to like a nice show quality condition. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think um, is we're talking about the aftermarket metal and the performance that you get out of that metal. And so the, some, some of the questions are... What are they using? Because we know that Volkswagen sometimes would burn up whatever production metal, material, dashes, zwitters, case in point, whatever they had left, they would go with that just to burn up production, where yeah. the zwitter comes from. Burn up all the oval window parts or uh, start putting the oval dashes in when they ran out of split dashes until they got rid of the, old, the split roofs and then keep the car moving. So um, we are looking at, you know, the question that we have is, what are they using to get their references for metal? Because you yeah. could you could get a bus, you can get two sixty six buses and find minute differences from bus to bus. And so the question is, how are they getting these specifications? What are they taking, and what what's their tolerance of of expect, expectation? And so it'll be interesting. We'll get them on the podcast in the next little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, get Reach them on the podcast. It looks when you look at the pictures, it looks like a quality piece, but. So does every piece when I order. Yeah. I don't order some going, man, that looks junky. Can't wait to get my hands on it. You know, you're hoping for the best when you when you get any product. No, and, and, and it has the most important essential parts because with what's available now in the aftermarket, since there's so many 21 conversions being done and all that stuff, right? You you can buy all the window paneling. You can buy the corners. You can buy the sides it needs. You can basically complete it out. The one area is the luggage area, um, the back. I'm wondering if that. I'm I'm pretty sure that would be available, but I'm wondering. Yeah. Well, and and it's interesting why that they lends make itself it. well to go in with the Subi conversion. And I actually talked about this years ago. I was saying that that I think will be the future of bus building is made to order buses more so than getting an old one and restoring it. Yeah, people are going to be buying bodies like that, just like it did in the hot rod industry. They'll buy that body. I want it with a arm suspension front and rear. I'd like a Subi motor, and I'd like this and this. And you basically make it. And not to mention, you can call them up and go, "Hey, I need you to get me a double door, twenty three window, and that's what I need shipped out to me." Yeah. And instead of the the sixty thousand dollar hunt for a double door twenty three window no. to start a project off of. You no. Know? And and interestingly enough, we could start a company called uh, I don't know Unique Motorsports that did the uh, they built the. The clone for the Eleanor, and they took about two point three million dollars deposits and disappeared. Maybe hey, let's do it. <laughs> but I mean, I, I could see things like that starting to happen at this point um, with this body being available. So, uh, what we'll do is uh, I, we'll get them on the podcast. I'll find out a lot of the information as far as where they're getting their specifications from, what they're using as a as a reference guide, and then it appears to me that they're reproducing all the existing metal because. You can also buy all of these metal parts and pieces from them as well. So that's actually awesome. It should be interesting. You know, I'm I'm looking at the picture. It looks like the roof is seamed in, where the uh, skylights and stuff are. So it's an interesting, uh, interesting take on that. So I, I'll be I'll be very happy when we piece. can see one in person. Yeah, you know, and not one that they built to completion because they're going to take the same way that we have to mod the metal that comes our way. 
they they'll do on their own build. I want to see it in raw form. I want to see it like that. And I'd like, my, I'll, I'll be interested. I'm sure I'll get one on my hands on one in the future. I'm yeah. sure. No, I, uh, I, I think, um, there's well, too many people that want buses and not enough buses out there. Yeah. That's, so every problem time that solved happens, right there. Every time that happens, that's when you get this craze yeah. of like the Brazilian buses that people are just really dissatisfied when they buy the Brazilian buses and they get them and the windows aren't the same as a, another window. And, yep. and, and there's all these funky little variances of what's going on with these cars. So, and people are working around that stuff right now. So they'll work, whatever problem arises from those, they'll work around as yeah. well. And I'm sure they'll sell their own window frame soon enough. Like, you know, they're going to probably get into making every aspect of it so they can do, oh, you want a bus? Here's a bus in a box. Right. Here it comes to you. It comes this much assembled. You got to finish out the rest on your own. Yeah. I'm going to have some interesting questions in, re in respect to titling and those types yeah. of things because I actually I, wouldn't mind sitting in on that. Podcast. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see the, I don't see the wishbone or any of those pieces that get the car like where, where the whole chassis and everything is. And so maybe that's the reason why. Maybe you have to use a donor bus for the under the underlying chassis so you can you know buy an existing bus and then build around there. Cause I, I don't, can see frame rails in the back. I don't see frame rails. Coming up that arch right mm -hmm. there. You see them? Right there. No frame rails, but I don't see the rear yoke. Yeah, but the, the yoke, I think, would be lower. Yeah. The, the yoke, I think, I, th I would hope to goodness it has a torsion housing in it. I mean, maybe it doesn't. Maybe no. it's like the old Manx that you have to add a I don't know. pan to. I don't There's know. a lot of questions we have on that. So uh, we're going to... Uh, Speaking of torsion housings, I just narrowed my first torsion housing. It was actually pretty easy. I'm welcome to the club. Yeah. I narrowed mine a long Super time easy. ago. If I knew how easy it was, I would have done it a long time ago. Like, it's crazy because that three quarters of an inch on each side. I did, my, I did mine on the carbon cap. My first welding job. I did mine on the carbon. You could tell. And it's all right. It's all right. I'm proud. I'm proud, proud to be my own welder. For that and it'll stay on so it still hasn't broken off yet so um but uh yeah i narrowed my torsion housings and was actually kind of surprised at how easy it really was yeah um and and for me it's you know it's because i run those 17 uh eight and a halfs in the back and that makes all the difference in the world so 17 eights on mine with those meat tires yeah we're making mine uh, um a little more roadworthy right now i just upgraded to a bay window tank I did yeah. the narrowed suspension, and um, uh, Daniel Artigas is doing my gearbox right now for a super tall freeway flyer. Yeah, so I'm going to peace out to everybody on uh, Instagram Live. Thanks for checking us out while we were on here. I might hop on Facebook Live in a few minutes and uh, and chat with you guys there, but I'm going to get back to this conversation with George T. So that's one of the things, that, that's one of the other things that we that we can also discuss on this podcast when we start talking about buses and, and things like that and making your car a little more roadworthy because as we know just recently that our podcast listeners will see in a little while, I'm doing a little bit of a makeover on the bull run bus, kind of getting some things updated. And one of the, one of the things that I, that I want to do is suspension and some, you know, gearing. I actually would like to take that 2270 that I have and, and turbocharge it, you know, and take that nice torquey type four and then maybe put a big turbo on it just for a top end push. You know what I mean? So I listened to the CB performance, um, or the Pat Downs podcast. Yeah. Good podcast. If I don't say so it, myself, actually that guy is a freaking fountain of knowledge. I'd love to bend his ear one day, but, um, to me, it seems like a no brainer. I would ship that motor to Pat Downs, tell him what you want and have a motor built. The guy just said he built like what was it thirty thousand and just three thousand? How many? Yeah, he's built a few, he's built a few thousand. Yeah. they've built as a company a few and thousand. Man, motors. their price seems so reasonable. It is really <laughs> the labor. That, that's listen. 
if you can get a motor from them and they have it, he says he hasn't had a lot of, I mean, listen, when you're building stuff that consistently and your parts are consistent and you yeah. guys have your own machine shop and you're, and you've got a dedicated building, you know, a dedicated I, place to building motors. I think by all means, uh, you know, they build a good product and I think for the price, you really can't beat it. I mean, I, think, I have a customer who has a Pat Downs built engine. His name is Mark Rollins in his oval window. That thing's been going strong for gotta be 10 plus years and yeah. he drag races it. I heard him mentioning the fact like, yeah, you can get power, but you lose a little bit of reliability. Right. But not only is that car fast, but it's been fast and consistently fast for year after year right. after year after year. He races that thing. No. So, uh, and it's not a leaker. I don't have to do constant maintenance on it. I mean, it's a, it's Pat Downs builds a very nice engine. Yeah. No, he. I mean, listen, he's got some history building some pretty decent stuff, and it's really important who you go to to build your motor if you're not going to build it yourself it's really important you go yes. to somebody that's got the experience of building motors there's a lot of good engine shops out there i'd like to get a few of them on the podcast a yeah. few of the other ones out there i've seen uh i talked to that guy vic built at um at prado for a bit um, yeah. looking at that twin turbo mm-hmm. bus super impressive yeah i get really worried when i see two turbos by the intake fan of what cools off the engine that's the only thing i worry about on that but he says they actually run really nice temps um I, yeah, it's that, a cool, that's super impressive. That I, that thing looks. It not only not only does it look good. Yeah, but I'm sure it puts out some power. Yeah, I uh, I, I like to see innovative stuff like that coming out in the VW scene because it it continues to push and progress the scene, even though some people may or may not like it. I like to see things like that coming because then we know that the scene is going to continue to evolve forward. And I think the twin turbo, it's not the first twin turbo that's been out there. There's no, a twin turbo. No, no. I think it was a guy in Florida that did a, one of the first feature cars that I remember was a car from Florida that was a, it was a silver convertible and uh, it had a twin turbo setup on it and it had some um, like custom made fuel injection. But, you know, I think it's, I, I think seeing things like that really get me excited about the scene because a lot of things are moving forward. I mean, I'd love to see one day somebody come out with a direct injected head for the VW because by doing a direct injected head for the VW, you're going to get, you're going to be able to push out a lot more power out of that engine. Yeah, know, but with direct, there, there, injection, direct injection. Nothing, there's no free rides in nature. No, and the problem isn't. with that is you have to have such a high PSI and for the for a factory to do it with all their R&D is simple, but for Joe Schmo in his backyard to get 100 PSI or whatever the heck oh, it yeah, requires. No, listen, you'd have to, you'd yeah. have to buy a premium. I'd, I'm sure someone will be scared for whoever builds the, um, whoever builds the, uh, whoever would build the fuel pressure system for that would have to be pretty courageous to do that because it could, uh, it could come with a lot of liability, you know? So, uh, so we're talking about motors and reliability and picking who you're going to pick to do a motor. Um, I think, uh, Back to what started this conversation about me modifying the bull run bus. I think um, I have an existing CB turbo setup. Um, it would be not that complicated, I think, to modify it to work on the existing Type Four. A little bit, you know, the, all the top end works. It's just now figuring out the exhaust. My whole thing is, it, usually when you build the bottom it. end, mm-hmm. you're building it for its main purpose, knowing what what induction system it's going to have in it and all that stuff. If you're going to do that, you need to have the right cam in it, the right heads in it. Right rods, right pistons. Well, and everything I, needs to be done now, I for believe, the turbo application. But okay, and I'd agree with that if you were going to be like beating it up and wringing its neck and like trying to drag race thing. But I'm thinking, okay, you're the one driving it. Listen, That's why I know exactly but, what um, it needs to be able to but go through. My thought goes to if you go into something like this and you end up doing, uh, 
like turbocharging it and let's say you run eight pounds of boost. Eight pounds of boost is not a ton of boost. That's a mild amount of boost. Mm -hmm. And I think eight pounds of boost to take that motor from 135 horsepower on the street to about maybe 160 horsepower and boost the torque up quite a bit. So I'd look forward to doing, uh, to doing that turbo setup. But like I said, this is all part of the process of kind of freshening up the bull run bus. Cause she's been a little bit, she, she's not tired. She's just seen miles. And when you drive a bus that many miles, you know, that bus is driven. Yeah. That car had, uh, it had, there was an engine fire at one time and some other, I was behind the wheel on and, that and, one. and some things like that. So, some of those things I want to get cleaned up, you know, do some of the detail work that I wanted to do. That, that motor compartment's hideous anyway. Yeah, done, yeah. Some of the stuff that I wanted to do before I was able to, you know, before that's what people were doing in the scene. People were happy just to get the outside of a car looking good. Nobody really paid that much attention to the detail stuff. And now I kind of want to get the thing kicked up a little bit. So, so we're going to do that. Um, I'm going to stick with the brakes on it. The brakes that are on it have been great. I haven't yeah. had issues with that. I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm discussing right now air suspension possible air suspension for that bus um the reason i want to do air suspension is more for being able like my bus at the at the height it sits at now to me is low enough the, here's the problem it's funny it's not very low it's but not you put me and you in the front yeah, yeah it's we're, rubbing and, everywhere and we're, yeah we're smelling it's smoke yeah. yeah but so, it's also not tubbed it could now be it's easily, tubbed. it could easily be fixed as far as just that goes but right. there's something about air right also when you when you can pull up and you lay the car out and the aesthetics of the big wheels under the bus and tucking deep into the wheel wells. That's why, that's why you want the, uh, the air ride. Yeah, no, I agree. It looks, uh, it looks a little bit different. Um, it looks better when, it, when you can lay it out on the ground for sure. I think all of them parked in a static situation like that look great. Uh, I think, but not, I think my main reason that I want to do the air suspension is my bus has nine seats in it. I want to be able to put nine people in it mm -hmm. and drive and not have any issues. Yep. And so I want to be able to load it up, you know, put thousand pounds of people in that thing. It's sit at the same height it sits at and not rub, mm -hmm. you know, not rub and have issues. And then if I want to raise it up to get up and over something, I could do that. Or if I'm going to, you know, I just, I just think I've always been reluctant with air suspension systems because of, um, my concern of like having a car, you don't drive it every day and your battery's dead because your compressor automatically kept kicking on because the thing was leaked, the bag was leaking, or the hose was leaking, or whatever the case is. So that's always been a little bit of reluctance for me. Um, also, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe not doing a traditional front suspension, maybe doing something different, but time will tell. Time and budget will tell whether yeah. we do that or we don't. So um, I'm a fan of Nate's Air Ride. I've experienced it. I've installed it. It works very well. Um, Mike at DubFab looks like he makes some really nice products. Yeah, no, I for sure. Mike at DubFab makes sure some nice stuff. As well. Nate makes good stuff. Um, there's a lot of really cool front suspension out there. I just, you know, I, this is my two cents. I think, uh, you know, I was talking with Joe Rustology. We're shooting ideas back and forth. And we talked about um, air suspension. We're talking about front beams and all that stuff. And and there's a guy in Texas, I can't remember his name. He's he's doing the Mustang two front ends on his. And part of the reason why people weren't doing A-arm suspension on the bus is because there's no room under yeah. that fender well. Well, now that people are tubbing everything, there's mm -hmm. tons of room. And so I, it would be really interesting to see how a bus would ride with full A-arm front suspension that could sit low, that could have that independent front suspension adjustability or reactive suspension versus just a straight beam that's going across, you know? So, yeah. um, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, we've got some time, got a little bit of time till that thing comes up. My, my main yeah. concern right now is getting 
getting the carbon cab back on the road because I've got to have that on the road for September if I'm going to go up to World of Speed and try to take a record. So we'll see on that. By the way, Salt Lake City boys, we're coming. Yeah, yeah. So I'll tell the boys. Utah and- Classic. <laughs> Las Vegas Volkswagen Club. That's it. Representing out there. That's it. I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you guys in Salt Lake. I'll tell you guys in Salt Lake City. We took your dash last year. We don't think you're going to get it back, bro. We it's, play for keeps. It resides down here. in the wagon. And it will return to the wagon. <laughs> That's right. We play for keeps down here in Vegas. So we took your dash. I don't know if you're going to get it back, but you know, um, we'll see about that. So uh, for the people that just they're checking us out on Facebook right now, just we just jumped on Facebook for a couple of minutes just to do a, a little Facebook live, throw it out there. And, uh, and we might we might cut you off a little bit because this is actually you guys get a sneak peek at tomorrow's podcast. So, um, but so the suspension, the motor cleanup, go through, do some stuff like that, and uh, really interior. You know, I bought the interior a long time ago. Yeah, it's uh, a it's a TMI kit. It's uh, simple. Yeah, it, it did it served its purpose. Yes, it held up very well while your kids were all growing up, and now they're pretty much. I mean, yeah, you got a couple younger ones, but they're not. They're not at the age. Well, yeah, and, and time and budget and wanting to complete a project myself in my garage at home, the TMI kit served its purpose. Now, now I'll throw it out. Now I'd love, you know, I'd like to do a custom interior kit in it. If TMI's listening to this podcast and they want to uh, call, let's talk Dubs up and work out a deal on a on one of their custom interior packages that we could custom design one. Hey, they could use the bus for SEMA, and uh, it is the Bull Run bus, so. Uh, I ran an original TMI kit, but it's just like it's, as soon as you take those panels out, the vinyl's going to fall right off because it's been in the car 18 years and whatnot. Vegas-y. So I staple every set of panels that comes in. <laughs> There's you're not going to survive one summer in Vegas with that car outside without stapling the no. panels. No, it's uh, you're going to have you're going to have some uh, you know situation on your hands. Yeah. So, but uh, so next in line that we were talking about was oh the next thing we want to talk about. Well, the next thing we're talking about is hot VWs. With the last issue they came out with, and they said the new what does it say? The new, the new Hawaiian look. Yeah, I'm not having that because the new Hawaiian look is it's the it's the actual Brazilian work is what it is. It's it's the Brazilian look like the Brazilian car. The cars in Brazil all have big, deep uh, smoothies on them, all that kind of stuff. I mean, at least from my opinion, what I've seen because I follow. And I think that's kind of the difference now in the scene that uh, the difference in the scene now is that the magazine doesn't dictate what happens in the trends. The trends are starting from Brazil has their own style. They bust out those Fuscas. They get them done, dialed in. They do them their style. And then the magazines used to play a bigger part in kind of dictating the scene as to what's happening, giving things names, branding things and all that kind of stuff. Now that the world has turned from a marketing standpoint to like people can do their own podcast, they can have their own followers, they can do their own. I mean, you go on those, on those pages, those Brazilian pages, there's 75, 80,000 followers, 150,000 followers on those Brazilian Fusca pages. And these are all guys that are into, into bugs. That's the main car over there. And they're, they're, they're hooking them up and they're doing their own style. So I have to, Maybe disagree a little bit with Hobby W's in regards to maybe the, disagree with the wording. The I new Hawaiian. I, I think they look. were just going to obviously the cars in Hawaii. Yeah, and it's a way more modern twist than you normally see on a Hawaiian car. No, because in my opinion, Hawaiian is like white rubber and like there's a very specific Hawaiian look. Well, that's why this that's looks more the new Hawaiian look. Yeah, yeah. but you know <laughs> we have a little thing that we're disagreeing on right now because he, my brother. Says that oh. the three piece wheels are a Brazilian thing, and I call it a European thing. Well, no, 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 no. That, the see, I'm three looking piece, more on the three piece. No, here. but I'm talking about the three piece deeps. The deeps in the back, like yeah. that, and the deep lip in the front. That's not a European thing. That's 
the cars in Brazil. You type in Fusca, take yourself down a rabbit hole, uh, down a rabbit hole on Instagram, and you'll find yourself about a thousand cars down there like that because those guys they don't have a lot of resources, so they'll take and they'll take a bunch of wheels and punch out some deeps and make some some other wheels like that. Yeah. So uh, I think. I don't know. My opinion, the new Hawaiian look that they're showing in this magazine here, the outside of the car is kind of the Brazilian look. And I think, you know, that's where I'm going with it is that the, the styles are more dictated by by the people versus like the magazines any longer being the authorities of what's You're going saying, on. You're saying Hobby W, you can't coin that, man. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Listen, you can't do that. I mean, you could try. But I don't think it's gonna stick. It's like giving yourself a nickname. You can't like the California look, and maybe it's just a, a play on words or paying homage to doing, the California yeah. look. But I don't think me looking at it when I saw that car, I'm like, oh, that car looks like it's from Brazil. That was my two cents when I looked at it. But uh, that's right. Jacob says the Hawaiian white window rubber was '80s '90s look. So, so we're guys just giving you we're giving you guys on Facebook just a sneak peek of tomorrow's podcast. So we're gonna get out of here. You'll have to hear the whole podcast tomorrow, man. I uh, wanted to say what's up to my people out there, the people at uh, Let's Talk Dubs on the page. Um, that's right. Everybody brawls looks these days, says Eric Arnold. But, uh, yeah, we'll get you guys. Uh, we're giving you guys a little taste of the podcast. It'll be coming out tomorrow. Me, me and George T. We're just chopping up, talking about a bunch of nonsense, a bunch of different uh, different things that are currently happening in the scene. So uh, we're going to jump out of Facebook Live. We'll see you guys. Listen up tomorrow to the podcast tomorrow. Later. In discussion of the three-piece wheels, the yeah. reason why I say it's a more of a European look, because if you look at the scene in Europe, obviously like the line bug that was just all over Volk's world, three-piece wheel. Um, the We're doing a car in my shop right now, a 59 right-hand drive, yeah. and we ordered three-piece wheels from Europe for it. Like, So I'm th- I'm, lean, I'm leaning that wheel more well, of a European yeah. lean than a Brazilian. No, I agree. Because they're using another, another specific thing about the European thing is they're taking original wheels which is like on that and three-piecing them yeah you know the ones that we had done are, are the 17 inch radars and they've been three-piece and they're gorgeous yeah so but my thing back to the brazilian look the the reason why i coin it and I, it's not even me coining it if you search fusca you're mm-hmm. gonna see tons and tons and tons of cars like that because i think limited resources like i said mandate that they get deep wheels they want deep wide wheels so they go in and take the centers out weld them they got more access to welders and stuff like that than they do to new parts yeah and they make a lot of those three-piece wheels and they've just they, they just have a really cool look like it's completely laid out and the hawaiian listen i love my hawaiian brothers out there brothers but you gotta listen you can't take all the styles you can't take the white window rubber you can't take the center lines and jacked up in the back you can't there's a couple hawaiian looks out there so uh, you can't have them all. Uh, I'm saying that that the new Hawaiian look, that's actually kind of the Brazilian look. But don't take my word for it. You just look it up on Instagram, and that'll be everybody the, can decide for yeah, themselves. You guys decide for yourself because. But that's the that's the point I want to talk about, George. What I want to talk about is with the new platforms of media that are out. I think it's the the magazines used to have a lot more influence from the standpoint of what they what authority they had yeah in the scene you know what i'm saying like technology is has left all forms of media in the dust very few of them no, can compete and, and, but that's my point modern world. and what i want to talk about is how that's affected the scene and and i think how it's affected the scene for example you look at uh jeremy up there loose nuts right mm-hmm. because of him making those safaris 
it started a trend. Now it, every well, hold on, every car is getting. But people were making safari. safaris before. But what I'm saying is, because he started making safaris and he put them on the Samba, he sold a ton of safaris enough to where he's too busy. Yeah. But a lot of people started following the safari thing, so they're following the safari thing. They like that, and in some circumstances, you know the um, the magazines used to be able to control your destiny. You didn't get it advertised in the magazine. You weren't going to sell anything. Yeah. And now it's completely different. Now it's a, it's a situation Man, where Instagram can blow you up bigger than a magazine could. Oh I mean, yeah, just, L- listen. Just in today's in today's world, you don't need anybody. Nobody does this podcast. I mean, <laughs> it's it, it's you that comes in here. There's no major corporation behind it. There's no uh, there's not a producer in the back mixing and everything. It's one guy and a microphone and goes for it. No, I had a producer. He was 13. Yeah. My son. I fired, fired him at the end of every episode. But uh, I mean. You control your own destiny in this world with with how you want to get your product out there, and and I think uh, Jeremy is a good example of that a lot of guys that do a lot but of there's DIY more than Jeremy. stuff. There's oh, more there's than Jeremy. a ton. Nate at Wagons West. Nate at Wagons West. Ha, and I, I, okay, I may be I may be mistaken, but has he ever have you ever seen an ad for Wagons West in the magazines? I don't know if I have. My advertisement for Wagons West is every dope bus I see usually has Wagons West underneath it. <laughs> well, but okay. But you don't dope see buses. You see dope buses on the internet is where you're yeah, seeing these correct. dope buses. You'd see the builds on the Samba. Like, that's how I found out about Wagons West. You'd see people putting their cars together, and it was his product they were putting underneath it on the Samba. And so maybe my point is that you're seeing some of the new companies that are out there today. They're they're doing more online marketing. They're going kind of around the magazines. And by no means do I have a problem with the magazines. Oh, God, no. I love, magazines are great. I love the magazines. Uh, I've had a couple of magazine editors on here. I've got a couple more stacked up, but I wanted to kind of space them out because I don't want to seem like I'm just yeah. doing magazine guys on the thing. But a lot of these guys have history in the scene, which is why I have them on here. But I think the great thing about empowering the individual, and I think you've never had a time where you could come up with your own idea, be successful and build an entire business. I, w- I will give you case in point, my two cents, KCW, mm-hmm. that company was born on the internet. If it was not for the internet, if it wasn't for that dope beat Daryl kid or whatever, yeah, that dope made, beat Derek. That he was he was the guy Derek made yeah. that video of the pumpkin or whatever the heck it was. That just, well, he had, he had a couple he had a couple different videos. So so he yeah. did some audio video stuff. John Jones did come out and he did the because he was in the magazine a bunch of times before, but nobody yeah. nobody ever threaded the needle. I'd go back to some of this. You're like, oh, that was John's car. Oh, okay, he built the the double door rag top bus or whatever he had that one peach car. It was a peach panel bus with double sliders on it. I, th- I think I'm not sure if it was double sliders, just double doors, but it had a rag top in. Anyway, like you, you would get in the magazine a little bit, boom, 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 but that didn't do that much for your business. Yeah, I think what turned the corner, but and I'm only using their shop as an example because that would be one that everybody could understand about. Yeah. You well, they look, caught like wildfire. Yeah, on online for a while there. So he did that 45 day wonder car, and then we did the 28 day. Well, it was started out as the 45-day wonder, and then he finished the car in 28 days. Yeah, impressive. And, and then, you know, did the car start to finish, and that gave a big shot to him. And so the smart thing on his part, he saw a niche in the market. He saw an opportunity to say, you know, people take their cars to body shops, and they get robbed. They, they get robbed from the standpoint of the car gets stolen, and it's been abducted by this body shop that never gets out of, yeah. and it's gone forever. And so he did – he – marketed a need in the market he saw a need in the market like turn your car around quick take it to me turn around quick so he did that but what really pushed him over the edge if it wasn't for the samba and if it wasn't for actually if you remember he had his own website 
I mean, yeah, I'm sure no, they still no do, one, but a whole, like whole, forums are what made no certain one, shops. No, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what you say, nobody was going to his webs. He might have oh, had no, no. a few Those people. videos are what brought people there, for sure. I, that's what I'm saying. It's the Samba. So it started as the Samba as like being the hub, the natural hub of where all this stuff is coming mm-hmm. from, because now this became this community gathering location that was free. You didn't have to pay for a membership. Everybody got, and, and the difference where I think the magazines are challenged right now is time delay. Something comes out, something comes up, unless they've got way ahead of the curve on it. Yeah. Unless they're way ahead of the curve. Unless someone's held whatever they're about to reveal under wraps and it's never been to a show yet either. That's that's a rarity that a car makes magazine. Yeah. Like they'd have to have crazy time. They'd have to be involved in the build almost on it. Yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying. So that's the that's the only downtime that magazines have. So the so the way the magazines can overcome that is exclusivity and content. You know, mm-hmm. stuff that nobody else has seen yet and maybe uh, you know, being able to deliver that stuff. And, and people like uh, a tactile feel, a physical magazine to hold. I mean, I, I collect them. I still subscribe to Hot VWs and stuff. And so, um, you know, it, it serves a purpose to a point, but I think the world travels at such a faster pace right now in regards to something's new, something's hot, something's in, something's out, because just as much as you used to see the aforementioned shop that we talk about, you don't really hear much about them no. anymore. And they're so, still pushing product. No, no, no. I, I, I'm it. not saying that they're not. I'm only saying that the hype has kind of gone behind it. It's not. Yeah. I'm not even talking about the hype. I'm talking about your presence online. Like you, like you can think that you, I don't know how many people went to the Samba, didn't like the Samba, or whatever happened with the Samba, and they like I'm going to start my own forum boards, and I'm going to start my own this, and I'm going to start my own that, and they're all great if you're only into that one thing. But the Samba was an opportunity to get out there and look at. 50 million different things, you know, from all, you know, from the forum boards having like, you know, 60, 70 different uh, topics to go on, general topics, and then all the thousands of topics underneath those. But I think by the shift of what's happening, moving, it's like moving from the newspaper to the television. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like instead of waiting for tomorrow to find out what's happening, you just telegraph to the telephone. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's, it's the empowering thing is it's, it's enabled people uh, like Rustology Garage. Mm-hmm. He's in Salt Lake. He built himself a bus. He's done some stuff. But my boy Joe, I got to give him a shout out. Joe's hooking me up on the, on the uh, on the bull run bus, and uh, he's tubbing it up for me. And uh, but um, you know he uh, he started there, but he's he's a perfect example of an Instagram Instagram and Facebook, and that's kind of how he's getting around marketing wise, and possibly a little bit of uh, a little bit of. Um, Maybe some, I don't know if he's doing ads on the Samba or whatever he's doing. I mean, I met him at a car show, seen his bus, got to talking to him, saw him at the show in Utah and either way, but a lot of different shops nowadays, like if you look at the, the, the guys that are, that are kind of up there right now, like who's, who in your opinion is like, give me the top five people come to mind for you right now. As far as aftermarket vendors, you got wagons West, when you're talking about aftermarket vendors, whatever parts you like. Who you're buying stuff from? Who you're getting? The main, the main product suppliers for me, I have Wagons West, yeah, Old Speed, Wolfsburg West, right. Um, Amazon. But no, no, but, <laughs> but mean, no, but there's not. I, but I'm not talking about like suppliers you use to do that. I'm talking about name the t- the, the last five new quote unquote whether companies or individuals or whatever that can be make made or. M- made or broken on the internet and so you're talking um 
Kevin with Cool Rides. He's been around for a while, but the internet's helped him a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking uh, Loose Nuts, you know, Jeremy up there with the Safaris. That's yep. done a ton for him. Um, Skinner's, I'm sure. Skinner. I'm sure the internet helped. I mean, Absolutely. He has a huge following. Uh, listen, before Skinner's around, who ever heard of Vacaville, California? I never heard of Vacaville, California. <laughs> Shout out to my dog Skinner out there. But I mean, you know, the landscape has changed in marketing so much that people usually go to digital format for all their news. I can't remember. I mean, this is how crazy it's gotten. To subscribe to the newspaper used to be really expensive. Now, $50 will get you the entire year of the local newspaper. $50. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Sunday paper is $1.50. That means they're they're giving you the paper for like 80 cents a week for all the issues, all the editions, because their goal is to still get marketing. Now, who still advertises in the newspaper? People that have a demographic that's like 60 to 100, I think. And I'm not saying that facetiously. I'm just saying that's who goes to your yeah. newspaper for, for an ad. I don't for see this, a lot of millennials with ink on their fingers. No, no. And then and then they're and they're all going. And then it's, and a lot of those are going to digital format too. So if you subscribe, I'm sure you get on their, their online okay. use for free. So possibly. speaking of digital format, what do you think? I, I try to look at, um, I can't recall what magazine it was. There was a couple magazines that were out that I was into, and the, they might not have been Volkswagen magazines, it could have been different kind of car magazines, whatever, and they came out with their digital copies. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand them. Horrible. I think, I, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. The thing is, like, when you're online, you better be razzled and dazzled. Like, when you're when you're looking at the pictures and you go through it, like, all right, uh-huh, Like, the uh-huh. page Like, turning, you go so fast the, yeah. on it. As opposed to, like, you have the magazine in hand, you sit there and look at the picture, you read, you're reading the article while you're right next to it, so you'll, see, you'll read something about the car, and then you look over the picture real quick, like, Oh, that is, that's cool. I see what they did right there. Or whatever the case is, yeah. you know. The magazine will always have its place. Right. At least in, at, at, I'm assuming Hot VWs will last. It, it it almost went away, but it was recovered. But I'm assuming it will last because there's a, there. it is a niche scene, but it's a big enough scene to support at yeah, least a magazine. Well, absolutely. It's a publication. At least a magazine, there, you know. There, I think there's a couple other magazines out yeah. there. And uh, the, the, the challenge then becomes... The magazine's revenue comes from marketing mm-hmm. and advertising. And there are some people that still do paper paper media marketing and things like that. But I think the dynamics that have changed, putting the power into the hands of the people has changed how we all buy things, view things. And I mean, as simple as like I was, uh, you know, you want to you want to see. Uh, one of the things that you typically want to do is you want to don't just get sometimes you get wrapped up in some of the marketing you may want to check uh, the same company and put, uh, you know, bad bad product or something, and just see if there's a bunch of people that if you know if you want, yeah. you're always Look gonna have one or two disgruntled customers. You know, one, two, three, four. You can't ever make everybody happy. There's always somebody who's bitter and guys an axe to grind. But to some degree, you can look at some things and see people that have a ton of issues and ton of feedback. Matter of fact, on Skinner's page the other day, I don't know if you saw Skinner and and Old Speed there. <laughs> There was some stuff being put on blast that's coming out of Southern California that's like everybody jumps on this. and be, So now here's the caution to that. The caution to everything being on the Internet is people can quickly come up out of nowhere with trickery and photography and hip, cool looks and deliver not-so-great products, too. I didn't see this. What was this that flared up? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. What well, you it? saw uh, Old Speed was posting about the brakes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Those, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so what I'm saying is like, 
And if you guys want to know what I'm looking at, just you can find it on the Follow internet. Old Speed uh, yeah, USA. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here Instagram. to. I'm not here to get in the middle of people's situations or whatever. But the stuff that, at least the pictures, the stuff that I was seeing was like pure, was like atrocious garbage. That yeah. like, if someone, it's embarrassing. I remember a guy. I remember. A guy, Be ashamed. I, I remember I posted something on the Samba when I was building the crew cap, and some guy came up talking some mad trash about something. I'm like, who is this dude, man? Maybe this guy's like the god of fabrication. So I like on the Samba, you can go click on somebody, look at all their pictures, bro. And this guy looked like he bird poop weld on everything. Yeah. And I'm like, who's this dude talking about the way this was done or that was done? And I just went on the internet. I With one click of a button, I looked at his history of all the pictures he submitted to the Samba. And it was like garbage. Like, he, And I'm thinking like, and so instantly I thought, well, I'm not worried about what this dude says because this guy's, you know, this guy's from the bottom of the barrel. But it, the, the, the con side to the internet thing is people can come out of nowhere and seem and so and they can seem like they're really building something good and something great and really cool stuff and then when you get it it could be something totally different reality is a completely different story yeah um the aforementioned gentleman you're speaking about i know someone locally who had some of his product underneath their bus and lost their entire back wheel and completely destroyed the wheel well of a finished car so they not only did they have to buy new suspension components to get their suspension back up and going, but they had to do paint and body work on a car that was just finished because a product broke. You know, Nate makes it look easy because he makes this really cool stuff. Those offset plates and everything like that. Oh, I can do that. I know how to make weld. I can get that done. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're, you're putting people's lives at risk. You put that product out on the street. Yeah. People put their families in their cars. You know, I think about that. I have anxiety sometimes when I'm giving someone their car back. Did I check enough? Did I? Because I'm a freak with the torque wrench underneath the car before a car leaves. I have to sit there and go over everything because I have had a couple failures in the past that were my fault. And you learn from your mistakes and you do that. To put out product like I would, like I saw in that post, and know that people are going to put themselves and their families in those cars, that person should be ashamed of themselves and pull their product off the internet. Because it's not, that's not the first post I've seen about it, and it won't be the last. And there's a 200, and last time I looked, 89-page thread on this guy's product about how bad it is, you know. But here's the interesting thing. They, they don't care. The crazy, how do you not care? But the crazy thing, so for those that are not familiar with the term, nut swingers, there's always nut swingers of these people that don't do such great work. Yeah. And they, they rally around these guys. Like these guys build like the baddest stuff ever. And you can get fooled on the internet by false hype of people that do decent stuff. And the interesting thing is, I think what resonates with me is if you've got, if you have something, if you have a conscience, right? So there was a guy on the Samba that I bought that type four motor from that I ended up having mm -hmm. rebuilt. And yep. then it was like, it was too good to be true. It was a type four motor, 2.6 liter. That was $2,800, right? So who's all in? Bill's all in. Yeah. I'm like, let's do this. Lesson learned. Right? You remember we drove to the dude's house, picked this thing up. I got the motor. I'm like, eh, that's kind of crusty. Like, is this rebuilt? Is there grease? <laughs> is, is there grease? It's a fresh rebuild. Is there grease still on the engine case? Like, I mean, this thing was kind of funky, right? Parts but, washers are expensive. I'm but, but here's the deal. He Do talked. you think your Pat Downs motor would come with grease on it still? <laughs> Look, listen, this, this, you wouldn't. Pat's, Heck, Pat, that would be a new case. Yeah, they do some decent stuff. So when I got this motor from this guy, it was like funky monkey. Like I just looked at it like, oh, the cylinder, the, the cylinders are kind of wet with wet paint. That's weird. Like, you know, the whole the red RTV squeezing out everything. And yeah. 
we loaded this bus up or loaded the motor up 2600 and it sat on the floor in my garage and then when i started building the gia project that was like the power plant for the gia right the 2800 or 2600 and then things went that the gia the gia project went from like a budget build to like off the rails and once it went off the rails i looked at that motor and i said i can't even do that because then what happened was shortly after i bought this motor from this guy like maybe two weeks later he pulled down all his ads off the samba and then i searched the forums and i'm like uh joe schmo whatever the dude's name i think the guy's name was steve type four actually and I pulled his name up and I just hit like Steve's type four. And then there was just this thread just like roasting the guy. And I was, and I didn't want to open the motor up. I'm like, oh man. And then I took the motor over to Justin over at Beetleborn. I'm like, hey dude, let's crack this thing and take a look at this. He's like, oh bro. Like it was, it was all high performance stuff, uh, gently used. And yeah. so I don't know how you gently use high performance race stuff, but like pistons were worn out. Like everything was kind of like kind of worked over and worn out on it. Um, it was like used race stuff. The guy built the motor. Oh, yeah. So the motor was the displacement. He said there were some things that were performance things on the engine, but in the same respect, look for 2,800 yeah, bucks, 2,800 yeah, you, you get what you pay for exactly. in this town. And so when you, when, when you can find products that somebody else, like if someone's, I was a little surprised. I'm not going to lie that bus beams were $3,000. Now, now, hang on. I, I just, not a bus beam. It's spindle, uh, no, 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 spindle no, no. air beam. I, I got it. I got it. I'm going to clarify. Difference. I'm going to clarify what I'm saying. A new a new built bus beam, needle seat bearings. I was surprised it was $3,000. I'm going to tell you why I was surprised it was $3,000. Because I'm looking at like the technology, although albeit for a different vehicle, like the Ford Mustang 2 front end that you can buy. And I know everybody's going to be like, oh, Ford Mustang 2, like beam tech. You know, like some of the thing with VW people, they go like, oh, no, you must keep it torsion beam front end. That's great. But when we're talking about doing custom cars and cool things, you know, I just, I, I, I'm making a comparison. And so like you can buy top line Mustang 2 front end, spindle to spindle, everything, and it's 1500 bucks. And so from a perception of value type thing, you think, Man, how can these cheap cars have front suspensions that are way more expensive? But the 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 fact, the reason why they're more expensive is because they're not done in a mass production way. The, the parts aren't spit out like out of at ten thousand a time. There's not a demand form where there's you know fifty manufacturers of them. So there's there's a reason why there's a difference in value. My thought process went like for that kind of money, why not try something different or try something a little, you know, like a arm type stuff or whatever. But I mean, well, but, how much is a red nine front end? Well, a, a red nine front end is like, it was 2,200 pounds. It's probably 26, $2,700. Is that spindle to spindle, break, break everything? No, no, That's it's just the beam. Area. No, no, no. And, and what I'm saying is like, these are just the gears turning. This isn't like me making commitments one way or another. I just started thinking. So I pumped the brakes and I said, well, let me take it. Let me take a listen because let me think about what I'm going to do front suspension wise only because if I'm revamping the bull run bus and updating things, my, my, a little bit of the fear that I have is like, what if I do, uh, you know, torsion front suspension the next week? And not that I'm trying to have the latest newest, but I'm trying to have the latest newest. And the next week, ARM suspension comes out. It's like, yeah, when I built it, it was 1999. Then in 2000, everything changed. And I'm thinking with the way the technology is going, because so talking about the front suspension on the bus, and I think we talked about this earlier in the podcast, but mm-hmm. but the, the the challenge before was the, the 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 travel suspension area. And now that everybody's tubbing front ends, you get a lot more travel room because you're bearing that under the seat. But 
you know, that's what I think that's the part the, the the tough part about the VW scene is that really good quality parts are not mass produced. Depending on what we're talking about. I had a customer wait for this slam bay kit that we that I'm installing this week. I think we waited about seven months and he was like, oh, man, this is taking. I said, listen, the product is worth it. You can right. go out there and find other stuff and it's junk or you wait for this stuff. We know it's good. We'll install yeah. it. If yeah. it's going to work, I'll wait for it. You know? No, I hear you, but but it, the the balance, the good and the bad side about it is the good side is you're getting quality. You're getting quality product. The bad side to it is there's usually a pretty good wait for it because it's still the industry is still a little bit. I don't want to say backyard, but like one man band type stuff. It's usually like one one guy doing it, and he's got a small operation, and there's always that balance, you know. When well, you, even now, like I mean, Nate's Nate's advanced considerably with five access machines, but you're gonna, you got MP coming out with thousand dollar front bus disc brake kits. Now they're not vented, they're not like you know like the Bustang or like Russ's at old speed, but a thousand dollars for a set of front brakes for your bus, it's nine something. That's pretty amazing, you know. The cheapest kit that you could find before was, was going to be thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred. The CSP was like one of the first ones on set. They were fourteen hundred dollars for that red when double cab I built. So when you say disc brake kit, you're just talking about slide on. Go rotors, onto your go onto your spindles brackets, and they rotors. have caliper brackets. The rotors. The, the, All right. The so whole. my let's talk dubs cheapos. I want you to listen to me. This is what Bill T did. I ran out to the junkyard and I got me some. Yeah. I got me some nine forty four brakes off a of nine forty four at the wrecking yard. I called Russell down at Old Speed and got some bearing spacers, and I'm sure you can call Russell or there's several several guys that probably make the bearing spacer kit. Matter of fact, now you can probably just buy you can buy you can no now you can probably just but you can for sure buy modified lowered spindles that already have the 944 spindle on it, where you can just slide 944 stuff on there. So you don't have to pay a thousand bucks. You can go to the wrecking yard and get them and get the brakes, get the brakes, bearings, calipers, everything, and rebuild stuff. And the re- here's the reality, going from a 3,800 pound car to a 2,000 pound bus, you're never gonna. I mean, no, you won't. I, not, you I, won't do those brakes. My my brakes. They're probably the same pads that you put on in 2000. They are. I've never changed the yeah. pads on my bus ever. And I would hire, I would doubt that they're really. I mean, I would be surprised if I was down a half a pad yeah. only because the the weight you're not the weight you're stopping is not the same. So there are alternatives around it getting brand new stuff is another option but when you start to mass produce stuff so case in point prove my point with MP coming out with it they're they're bringing the pricing down on it because they're able to mass produce it absolutely so you know? eventually we're going to see that with some of the they will grab people's suspension products and they will start making them yeah it's a given yeah they're I, going to and I, I you know i think that's the fear of the backyard guy who is like uh, i mean i think someone like jeremy brooks is probably pretty safe you know it's a it's it's a niche market but for a guy who does make suspension parts, every car out there needs suspension. So if they can take someone's design that they put all that hard work into and they grab it and they replicate it and they can mass produce it, kind of a bummer for that guy who started in his backyard. They can do it. A, a, A1, A1 exhaust is a perfect example of that. Tiger built that exhaust. I remember seeing that the first year at Classic and like blew my brain away. Why didn't anybody ever think about that? Shooting to the side. Everybody's trying to shoot the exhaust out the back of this car. Right. And all he did was twist that thing sideways and put the muffler there. I was like, that's freaking genius. I didn't even have a VW at the time and I wanted to buy one of his exhaust kits just to take it home. And like, this thing is amazing. Right. What happens now? CB Performance makes one. MP makes one. Uh, CSP makes one. 
everybody copied that design mm-hmm. that someone initially thought of and broke the market with it because all of a sudden everybody was running A1s and then, okay. oh, this guy's making money. On. Hang on. And Hold they go on. and grab this. Hold on, big baby. I got to slow your roll right there real quick because that same design is under my bus. And mm-hmm. under my under my bus is an Onendorp exhaust mm-hmm. that came out before A1 had his exhaust system out there. It's because it was a stainless exhaust system. That I, the exhaust system on my Bull Run bus mm-hmm. was like $700. Yeah, but that had that big... Mu- like. We no, put no. A, we actually ended up putting there, MagnaFlow onto that one. Correct. There yeah. was there was a tip. It had a t- it, all it was was the header. It was a it was a Kafer header. I think it was, and I don't even remember. I thought it was four hundred bucks. By the time it came through with the Deutschmark thing and all mm. that stuff, it cost me seven yeah. seven hundred dollars. I, I got like, that was CE Safari. I was like, say what, what is this eight hundred dollar bill on my credit card? <laughs> say oh, what? Pounds, pounds. Yeah, you know why? Because you got pounded, bro. Yeah, I got pounded, <laughs> but. But you got to be careful. But, but they were great Safari windows. CE Safari windows and, are and I can hands tell you this, down the best. Listen, and I can tell you right now with my exhaust system that I bought, that Onendorp exhaust system. Mm-hmm. The best. I've Still had, going stainless. I've had that 18 years. I don't have any rustles in it. I don't have any but I tell you pinholes. What, uh, you but, know, it, but it was... The seven, reality is, the reality is no one knew about the exhaust except you and Jake Raby probably. So <laughs> well, the difference is like Tiger came out on the scene and and also in the type one application, yeah. was somebody making that in type one application? The style you have no. there, because that was probably designed for a Porsche, correct? Like a nine fourteen. No, it was it was designed for it was Kafer cars, like the Kafer Cup cars that they have over there. Okay. So on Onendorp was the company that I did it that, that I bought it from. Seven hundred bucks for that header, mm-hmm. but you know the quality of it's unbelievable. It yeah. was stainless steel. I mean, I stainless steel exhaust back in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Who's buying that? Nobody. You know what I mean? And who's in 2001, who's paying 700 bucks for an exhaust for a header system? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, it, it, so to, to the same respect, you spend the, you, you, you spend the right money after you do the right research and you want to make sure you get the best bang for your buck. And I'd have to say for that exhaust system that I purchased, it's been the best value that, I, that I've had on my bus because even with me talking about turbo and the, the bull run bus, if I, if I end up getting a turbo set up on there, um, it wouldn't be difficult to modify that exhaust the way the side comes out no. and bolt the turbo. And I've actually thought that would be it. the ideal place to put a turbo, relocate the battery to the uh, driver's side, raise the the floor section, the battery tray area, and put the turbo in that space there and keep it separated from the engine compartment. That way, your hot exhaust and everything is there, and all you have to do is plumb the intake air into the motor compartment. You're I think just, it would. You're saying on, on that application, you just punch a hole right through the battery tray. I'd raise, the, I'd box the, the battery tray area. And, Basically, and, raise it up. Mm-hmm. You'd have to work. There'd be a workaround for the taillight, easy enough. I mean, just have an access panel on your little box you built there or whatever. But how is the turbo inside that area? Um, and, and that way, you're not bringing the heat source into the engine bay. Because right. even on a CB Performance Hideaway turbo, you still have to cut, cut the it, breastplate. Right. It's it, not sealed. It's it, not going to seal. And now you have what VW didn't want is a hot air introduced into the engine compartment. And it kind of peaks up into that thing and increase in temperatures. Yeah. But no, uh, I think I think that exhaust will still be useful even after the fact. When I, I think I get, it could be. To- I, I've, I've actually wanted to mess around with trying to turbo off of an A1 Sidewinder setup, that, that style of header. Well, yeah, you look at you look at the Corvette systems that they have, and they have, like, Corvette turbos. The turbos are backed by the mufflers at the back of the car, and they're mm-hmm. running an up-pipe all the way up front to the injected part of the car. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if they're just using a smaller diameter, part, a smaller diameter pipe to keep the charge up or, or what they're doing. Uh, 
but it would be interesting, you know. When, but like I said, it was, the VWC is headed that way. You know, they're they're the evolution is going in that direction where you're seeing twin turbo stuff, you're seeing more fuel injection, and the more precise you get the fuel, the more power adders you can squeeze on there and try to get more stuff out of it. But yeah, so that's what's happening with the uh, with the bull run bus there. Uh, bull run bus is getting a little massage makeover and it's getting a revamp. Yeah, uh, just it's not a massage. It's it's getting just updating it for today. So, um, I did want to give uh, George anything else you want to bring up on current topics, the stuff that we were talking about since we're just over here chopping it up, free flowing this thing. I think we discussed everything we were going to talk about. So we 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 got a lot to discuss with you guys today. If you guys got any other topics uh, you want to hear us uh, hash out over here, go ahead and hit us up on Let's Talk Dubs on Facebook or on Instagram. You guys can DM, DM me or post it up. And then um, I did want to give some shout outs to some people, um, to some people that that give us some good reviews on our podcast. Um, last person that gave us a review. Remember, if you guys give us a five star review on uh, on our Apple podcast page, give us a five star review. We'll go ahead and give you a shout out on the podcast. So shout out on the podcast this week goes to um, uh, and I think matter of fact, uh, this was the same guy last week. So nobody knew to give a shout outs to. You know, I wanted to give a shout out to my 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 buddy Jeremy Longman over in uh, in New Zealand. Uh, R.I.P. to his dog Jed. He was looking for his dog Jed. He's one of my one of my faithful followers out there, dude. Great guy, cool dude. Uh, got some merch from me. Don't worry, your merch is on its way its way out. I just got uh, your shirts back today from my shirt company that had a little delay. So he's my guy in New Zealand. Give a shout out to him, and uh, he he's a good dude been following the podcast so i just want to give him a shout out and then uh lots of other people that are out there enjoying the podcast so guys make sure you share the podcast with your friends uh that's the only way we keep the podcast going is just by growing it and growing it and growing it you guys want to support the podcast hey i know how you can go to letstalkdubs.com and hit the store you can buy a sticker pack i ship you a sticker pack or you can buy a hat cool dickies t- cool dickies work shirts or even some cool t-shirts so i've got cool t-shirts i got dickies work shirts and i got uh baseball hats too so i got trucker style I got trucker style hats and I got uh, the flex fits too. So I got some gear you guys can buy to support the podcast. So feel free to go on there, support the podcast. Also, like I said, don't forget to share. It's easy to share the podcast. Go down to the bottom at your podcast. Click the three little the three little dots on the bottom. A little thing will pop up while you listen to the podcast and it'll say share. Hit share and then text it to a group of your friends that may or may not be listening to it because <laughs> they may enjoy getting the podcast. So... George, anything else you wanted to add to the situation? Uh, nothing new. All right, so nothing new going on with George T. But George, George is always busy. It's summertime, and I roast like a peanut all day long. Yeah, George is over there working in the coolest warehouse in the city of Las Vegas. And I, when I mean coolest cool, I mean looking. I mean coolest looking, right? <laughs> like as hot as a tin box. Uh, but that that that's where he's at. He's down at the wagon. You can follow George on uh, Instagram at George TVW. George TVW and and the wagon on Facebook. And the wagon on Facebook. So you guys make sure you get on there, check out George T, see what's going on. I do have some podcasts coming up. I do, I do have uh, Bob with the Compound coming up. I got a couple other podcasts uh, in the can, getting edited right now. So got some stuff coming out for you guys. Um, but if there anybody you guys want to hear from? Hit me up. Let me know who you guys want to hear from, and we'll get them on the podcast. But until next time, guys, I think we're out of here. We're out of here, George. We're out. All right, guys. Later. station wagon to have a